Alright, clock him. What was his time? E... 37 seconds, sir. Are you kidding me? That's like 7 seconds off the rest of the field! You know what that means. Oh great, another field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up everybody, welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. It is August 31st and guess what, the 2020 regular cup season is in the books. Daytona was an action-packed race, we're going to get into all of that. But first, let's take a look back in history and see what has happened on this date here in the racing world. Starting off in 2014 on August 31st, Casey Kane got one of his final victories at Atlanta Motor Speedway. He was driving the number 5 Farmers Insurance car for Rick Henrik Motorsports. He led 25 out of the scheduled 325 laps. It was the only win of the season. He finished 15th in the points and it was his 17th career win out of 18 in total. Then we go back all the way to 2008 where Jimmy Johnson won at Fontana in the number 48 Rick Henrik machine. He dominated this race and led 228 out of the 250 laps of this race. It was his 36th win out of 83 in his career at this moment. He won his third championship this season. It was the third win out of the season out of seven. Then going back to 2003, it was Terry Labonte in the number five Kellogg's machine. He won at Darlington International Speedway led 33 out of the scheduled 367 laps. Yep, he was driving for Rick Henrik as well, and it was his only win of the season. In fact, the last time he went to victory lane before this was back in 1999. It was his 22nd and final victory of his career. And then we're going to go back to 1997. This is a great date for Rick Henrik because guess what? Jeff Gordon, driver of the number 24 machine, he won at Darlington International Speedway, leading 116 out of the 367 laps. He was not the guy who led the most laps. It was actually Bill Elliott, driver of the number 94 machine at the time. But it was Jeff Gordon that was able to get the victory and the $1 million as he won three of the top events of that year. It was his ninth win of the season out of 10. It was also his 28th win of his career out of 93. And this was happened to be his second championship out of four, which was the second one in 1997. So that's a little bit of history for you. Basically, Rick Henrik history. And history for Rick Henrik Motorsports was made again this Saturday, but we're going to get into all that, the final results, also our picks and how they do. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so let's get into it. This is your final results for the Daytona race at Daytona International Speedway. So it was race number 26 out of 36 in the total schedule. It was the last race of the season. We ran 164 laps here at Daytona. Believe it or not, it was actually the third race here this year. That was a scheduled points race. We had 35 lead changes among 16 different drivers. Only six cautions for about 20 long laps. And there was a lot of news going on there. Who was going to make it in? Who was going to make it out? In the end, it was driver of the number 24 machine, William Byron, getting his first career victory in the NASCAR Cup Series. I was so pumped about this because 
I am a huge number 24 fan, and I thought we would never see the 24 car in victory lane. We waited five years for this, us 24 fans, but he's finally in victory lane. William Byron gets that monkey off his back. He's finally victorious here in the Cup Series. Let's see what he can do, and oh, by the way, he locked himself into the playoffs with that victory. So congratulations to the number 24 car. He is your winner of the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Finishing second was his teammate in the Hooters machine, number 9 of Chase Elliott. Third place, we have the Daytona 500 winner, number 11 of Denny Hamlin finishing third. Finishing fourth is his partner, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Finishing in the top five was the number 43 of Bubba Wallace. Good finish for him. Finishing sixth, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing seventh is the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Finishing eighth, the top running open charter car, the number 62 of Brandon Gunn pulls it into eighth place in that number 62 machine. Finishing ninth is the number 17 of Chris Busher and rounding out the top 10, the number two of Brad Keselowski. Finishing 11th was the highest finishing rookie, the number Number 38 of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing 12th, we have the number 21 of Matt DiBenedetto. Finishing 13th is another rookie, the number 95 of Christopher Bell. Finishing 14th, we have the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing 15th is the number 15 of Brandon Poole, also another rookie. Finishing 16th is the number 77 of Ross Chastain. Finishing 17th was the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson. Finishing 18th, we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing 19th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. And rounding up the top 20, the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. Drivers who were noticeable who finished outside the top 20 was the number 22 of Joey Logano. He, in fact, won stage 1 and 2, got caught up in a later accident. He finishes 27th, along with Matt Kenseth and Tyler Reddick, as well as Cole Custer, all finishing right behind him in 28th, 29th, and 30th. And then another accident that happened beforehand, finishing 32nd was the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch finished 33rd and 34th, along with Eric Jones in the number 20 machine, finishing 35th. Ryan Newman, Ryan Priest also get caught up in that accident, finishing 36th and 37th, and rounding out the field, only completing three laps in this race, was the number 27 of J.J. Yaley. And that is your final results here at the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Now, we're going to get into this race in a little bit, but first, let's point out who made it into the playoffs? It was a big battle between the number 24 car of William Byron, the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson, and the number 21 of Matt Bandetto. Obviously, William Byron makes it in with the victory, and unfortunately for the seven-time champion, he got caught up in a later accident, which dashed his hopes into making the playoffs for the 2020 season. I mean, it has just been a bad season for that number 48 car. I mean, he got disqualified in the Coca-Cola 600 where he would have easily got 42 points. He also missed a race in the summer. He actually missed the uh, Brickyard 400 because he tested positive for COVID. So he got no points there either and just no luck at all. I mean, whenever there was like an accident in the middle of the field or near the front, he somehow got caught up in it. I mean, even at Darlington, he was leading the race to the final lap of stage one and he spun out, got into a slower car, wrecked his car. I mean, it was just a rough season for him. It's not over yet. He could still get a victory in that number 48 car, but a lot of hearts were broken when we saw him get into that accident in the final lap. So he misses it, which means the number 21 of Matt DiBandetto sneaks on in for the Wood Brothers Racing. It's his first year in that team, and it's also the first year that he makes the playoffs in the Cup Series. In the 15th spot, the 2004 champion, he got one stage win, so he will start off the playoffs with 2,001 points. The number one machine of Kurt Busch, ranked 15th. In the 14th spot, we have the 2015 and 2019 champion with no victories but one stage win with three playoff points. That is Kyle Busch, driver of the number 18 machine. 
In the 13th spot, we have the number 14 of Clint Boyer. He makes it in by points, as well as his partner, the number 10 of Eric Amarola, who will be starting off in the 12th spot with 2,005 points. Now we move on to drivers who've gotten victories in the regular season, starting off with the only rookie making the playoffs, driver of the number 41 machine, Cole Custer. He will start off the first round with 2,005 points. Also up there with one victory was the number three of Austin Dillon. He got his victory in Texas, which locked him in. He will also start with 2,005 playoff points. And also the newest winner, the number 24 of William Byron, he got his win just this weekend as well as two stage wins. So he's going to start off with 2,007 points. His partner, Alex Bowman, got his victory earlier in the season. And he also got four stage victories. So that will put him at 2,009 points. In the seventh spot, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney with his one victory at Talladega and also three stage wins, which will give him 13 playoff points. Then above him with one victory, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., who was the 2016 champion. He will be starting off in six with 2014 points. Then we have Chase Elliott with two victories. He got him at both Charlotte and the Daytona Road Course. He will be starting off with 2020 points. After that, we got the number 22 of Joey Logano with his two victories and six stage wins. He will start off with 2,022 points. And then the top three, we have Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano's partner, the number two machine with 2,029 points for his three victories and stage wins. And then we have Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11, with his six victories and seven stage wins. He gets a combined total of 47 playoff points. And then the top dog, the number four, 2014 champion, Kevin Harvick. He has seven wins, seven stage wins, and he will start off the first round with 57 points. So those are your 16 drivers who will be racing for the 2020 championship. And the drivers, like I said, who missed it, the cut just barely, was the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson, the number 20 of Eric Jones, and the two rookies, Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell, as well as some other drivers such as Chris Buescher, Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., John Hunter Nemechek, Ryan Newman, Ty Dillon, Matt Kenseth, Corey LaJoy, and Ryan Priest. So, Let's get into the Daytona race. How was it? Is this race actually a good one to have at the end of the regular season? Well, what I was afraid of was it was going to be an absolute wreck fest in this race because, you know, everybody was really excited. They had to make it in. They had to get points. I mean, we had a good bubble battle. We also had some drivers who haven't gotten a victory yet who had to win to get in, basically, such as like Eric Jones, who does really good at restrictor plates, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So I was actually quite worried that this race was going to be a disaster and it really wasn't everyone kept their nose clean Joey Logano was the dominant force in the first half and the Rick Henrik machines were pretty dominant as a group they did really well working together which was kind of shocking to me because I know the 24 and the 48 were battling it out with each other to try to make it into that final spot and in the end yeah we did get a few accidents with Tyler Reddick going up on Kyle Busch and Kyle Busch wrecking out taking out multiple drivers and then we also had another accident that involved Joey Logano and Bubba Wallace as well as some others however Bubba Bubba Wallace was able to continue on, which is top five, which was really good for him. Fortunately, that didn't lock him in, but at least he got a good finish there at Daytona. And honestly, this is a really, really good race to have at the end of the season. If they race like this, which is fairly clean, I think it's going to be an amazing thing to have from here on out because 
I was actually really entertained by this race. It wasn't that crazy as far as wrecks going, but we still got that action that we wanted from a restrictor plate race. And in the end, we did have a driver who's kind of a wild card that won the race, William Byron. And it's not like he's had a horrible season and he just got lucky here. He's been really good at short tracks and restrictor plates. That's where he's really shined. And the way this playoff system works, if there's a driver good at road courses, he can make it in. We've seen it with Austin Sinrick. We've seen it with Chase Elliott. Restricted plate races, we get always that one driver who can make it in that's uh, kind of a wild card. Sometimes that happens, sometimes that doesn't, but in the end, they still kind of even it out. And also, the mile and a half's got some surprising winners, too. I mean, we had Austin Dillon, we had Cole Custer, and then kind of uh, Alex Bowman on the super speedways. I didn't expect him to get a victory there, but he d looked really dominant at the beginning of the season. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, honestly, we do know that Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin are the strongest forces to go against in this first round and all the way to the end. Those two drivers will really be the ones to beat all throughout the playoffs. The question is, who's going to be the other two drivers that are going to be competing? Could it be Brad Keselowski with his victories? Could it be Joey Logano, his teammate? Maybe Chase Elliott or Martin Trex Jr.? I don't know. It's, it's kind of really tough to say because nobody has really put up a fight against these two drivers. However, you know how the playoffs work. All the points get reset at the final race, so these guys could upset these two drivers at the end. I hope that's not the case because these are the most well-deserving drivers at this time. However, we'll see how the first round goes. If I had to make, make a pick on which uh, three driver, or excuse me, four drivers would miss the race right now going into round two, I would have to say Cole Custer for one. Yeah, he got that victory, but he really hasn't been dominant anywhere else. Matt Benedetto has been struggling quite a bit throughout the summer. I think I could see him missing it. Alex Bowman in the number 88 could be another one. I mean, he just hasn't been a dominant force. And right now, it's really a dead heat between Clint Boyer, William Byron, and Austin Dillon. I mean, these guys have been fairly close as far as points go. Clint Boyer does really good in the playoff points. We'll see how William Di Byron does in the momentum. But Austin Dillon does really good at stage points as well. So if I had to make a guess... I would say maybe Austin Dillon, just for the fact that he's been a little bit off, not too bad, but maybe a little more off than Clint Boyer and William Byron have since they were more racing to try to make it in as far as points go. So a little momentum going on for those guys, but I think the four that will miss it will be Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Matt DiBandetto, and Alex Bowman. What do you guys think? Let me know who your four picks are going to be that are going to be missing the first round. But we got some interesting races lined up. We got Richmond, Bristol, and of course the Labor Day weekend race, Darlington International Speedway, where we got 39 cars entered in this race. We also got some throwback paint schemes. I can't wait for this race, especially seeing the other two races that happened earlier this year. Those are some really fun races, so it's going to be a great first round for sure. But before we get into all that, before we start making our picks for that, we got to look at our current picks and how they did at Daytona. It was a crazy race, and our points were all over the board. So let's see who did the best, and let's see who let us down. It is time to look at our fantasy picks. Okie dokie. We had 15 drivers who we said that would be some of the top dogs that would do really good in this race. We also had five drivers that I said you guys could go for. And then I also talked about some drivers who missed a cut. Crazy Corrado was on here. Thank you so much, Crazy Corrado, for giving your opinion. You are great to always have here. That was a lot of fun. And yes, I know it went 50 minutes overboard. I think a lot of people were just like, oh, you got that much time? I can barely stand vanilla wafers for 15 minutes, let alone 50 minutes. 
But it seems like a lot of you guys did enjoy it because um, a lot of people did download the podcast. So thank you to you guys. And as far as the top dogs went and the top ten and all that, it was really up and down. They either did really good or they wrecked out. And here's what I mean. So for our top dogs, we had Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and I do believe we had Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott were the top five guys. Uh, that's what we agreed upon. And Ryan Blaney did fairly well. He scored 40 points. He was one of the highest scoring points guys, so he did really good. I mean, he's been great at restrictor plate races. Keep an eye on him at Talladega. He will pay you dearly. Denny Hamlin continued his success at Daytona, and w- this was really great to see because he's been struggling a lot in the summer races, and he was able to finish near the front, near the end, score 36 points. Good job for him. Joey Logano was actually a really dominant force, but the one thing I was worried about was he tends to typically wreck in this race, and he did the same thing again. He scored 30 points, so he did provide a lot of points, but he could have provided so much more if he just kept his nose clean near the end. We also had Chase Elliott, who finished second with 35 points. Wasn't really the guy to beat, but however, he was there near the end, and he pushed William Byron to his victory. So still with the 35 points, that was all right. I I would expect more from uh, Chase Elliott, uh, especially that he does so well at some other tracks. So 35 points, that's all right. I think it could have been a little bit better. And then Kevin Harvick was the biggest letdown out of the top dogs. Just really wasn't a factor at all in this race, and he finished right around the top 20. Just didn't have any luck and nothing went his way and Stuart Haas Racing wasn't really that competitive of a force in this weekend and with those 17 points hopefully you guys did not use him because there's a lot of better races I'm not saying he's going to struggle through the first round this is just a restrictor plate race drivers tend to have either a lot of luck or no luck when it comes to this so those are how our top dogs did and now for our top 10 guys it is more up and down than ever before Ricky Stenhouse Jr. driving the number 47 car. I thought he was going to do really good in this race. Got caught up in a later accident. Only provided 8 points. That was a bummer. And then also with Ryan Newman, he got caught up in the same accident too. Only provided 1 point. I mean, if only he didn't miss that accident. That's all he needed to do and he was going to get another top 10. But Ryan Newman, unfortunately, doesn't get any redemption from Daytona International Speedway. He gets a whole whopping win point. Also here in the top 10, we had Jimmy Johnson. Even though he wrecked out, finished 17th, he still got 32 points. He did really, really well. Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two machine, scored 32 points. Not too much stage points. I don't think he actually got any stage points, as a matter of fact. But he still got a top 10 and got 32 points. And then William Byron was the biggest winner this weekend, obviously with his victory. Got 44 points for us. We were all really happy with that one. And those are your picks for your top 10, guys. Now moving on to the Dark Horses. Corey LaJoy was going to get a top 10. I told you guys Corey LaJoy was going to do good near the end. He just got caught up in that later accident, and I was like, no! That was 30 points right there! But instead, he got... Uh, I think it was 16 points, so ah, a little bit of a bummer for a dark horse. But if he was your sixth guy, I mean, no harm, no foul, you didn't use him. Chris Buescher did really well, got a top 10, and also scored 28 points. He does really good at restrictor play races, so keep an eye on him at Talladega. He might be a good one to keep on your list. The number 20 of Eric Jones got into an accident, only 11 points. He was going for a victory, didn't get it. Ty Dillon was our other dark horse and unfortunately got caught up in a wreck. He was running near the front. He was doing really good, but when you get in those accidents, you can't provide any points, especially when you don't have any stage points. So he only got 15 points. It was kind of a bummer to see that. And then I included Eric Amarola, and I should have just kept him off the list because, again, not really a dominant force. 
However, do keep an eye on him at Talladega. He likes Talladega a lot more than Daytona. 19 points. Hopefully, you got some more picks for him because, trust me, he's going to do better once again. He is a top 10 guy at mile and a half and also restricted plate. So, keep an eye on him. Guys that I said would be all right to go with, and they actually were all right to go with. I mean, Austin Dillon was the only one who kind of let us down a little bit. He only got 12 points, so that was a bit of a bummer. And then we had Bubba Wallace get 32 points. He He's usually a 14th or 15th guy when it comes to these restricted play races, but he came with a lot of momentum near the end. And with a top five, that was great to see. 32 points. Hopefully you guys listened to me and said, hey, he would have probably not been a bad option to go with. Matty Bandetto, 29 points. Did exactly what he needed to do to make it into the playoffs. Um, just slightly under 30 points, but still a good fifth or sixth place guy. John Hunter Nemechek got his, oh, finished outside the top 10, just barely with an 11th place finish, but still 26 points, really good for him. And then I also said Ryan Priest does really well, but we've seen how Ryan Priest has been this year, just got into another accident, a whole whopping one point. And some drivers who missed the cut, actually the best one was Martin Trex Jr. with 42 points. He's been finishing outside the top 20 in most of his races. So to see him score 42 points there near the end, that was great for him. He needed that momentum, especially for restricted plates where he's been struggling a lot. So 42 points, he was actually the guy who got the second most points. So if you didn't listen to me and he was Martin Trex Jr., good job. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Alex Bowman did fairly well with 30 points. I think he did um, the worst out of his teammates. He did, but still 30 30 points that's still really good for him and that Rick Henrik machine. Clint Boyer, 26 points. I didn't see him really being too competitive or taking too much risk. All I needed to do was score three points and he would lock himself in. So he did pretty good right there. Kurt Busch with 10 points got in that accident. Kyle Busch, his brother, got into an accident. Michael McDowell, John Hunter Nemechek's teammate, uh, did slightly worse than John Hunter Nemechek, but still, still scored 26 points. Good for him. And then Tyler Reddick got into that accident and hit the wall, only 16 points. So... Overall, we did fairly well on our picks. There were some drivers who really let us down, like Ricky Stenhouse and Ryan Newman, but drivers who really impressed us, such as William Byron, Bubba Wallace, and also Chris Buescher. Hopefully, you guys did good with your picks. I know it was kind of a tough one to do. We also had Christopher Bell do really good in the number 95 machine, scoring 30 points. He was going for a victory. Kind of missed him, and then Brendan gone in the number 62. I never mentioned him at all. He tends to be one of those drivers that's never there at the beginning, but near the end, he can somehow get a top 10 and pull it out of his ass. So those were the two drivers we completely missed and didn't even talk about at all, but hopefully you guys did really well in your picks. I know it was a kind of a hard one to pinpoint who was going to be the best and who's going to be the worst. That's just Daytona. That's what's going to happen when you put a restrictor plate at the final regular cup season race. However, don't get too discouraged if you did not do well in this race because we still have Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol coming up. Those races are a little easier to predict because it's not as crazy as this race. So hopefully we can bounce back if you guys struggled. And in the meantime, let's look back and see which Observer did the best, which Observer finished second, and of course, which one did the worst. It's time to look at the Observer picks. Alright, so you guys already know what picks we decided to go for, Crazy Corrado and I, and I went with Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ryan Newman, 
Jimmy Johnson, Corey LaJoy, and Chris Buescher. I kind of took a risk on some drivers, tried to save my other picks for the playoffs. Crazy Corrado did a little mix of top drivers as well, some gambles. He went with Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, Ryan Newman, and Jimmy Johnson. And Mechanical Manny, he made his picks, but we didn't announce it on the last episode. He went with Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Busch, and William Byron. So let's see who finished last. We already know who won the race after you heard those picks, but let's see who finished last. Finishing last with a combined score of 122 points, we have Crazy Corrado. <laughs> At least I beat you, Crazy Corrado, with your picks. You got 122 points, and I got a whole whopping 124. Two whole points more than you. But overall, you combine our total scores, we only got 246 points put together. I got one sound effect for those picks, and that is this. <laughs> Ugh, it was a stinky, stinky weekend for us. But that's just how the way the Daytona is. Now, we know who already won, but let's do a little bit of a suspense. The winner of this weekend and the top observer who may never come on this show. We shall see, but he seems to know his picks really well. He scored 174 points, and that is Mechanical Manny. Congratulations to him. He is this weekend's winner and by far the best picks that we could have seen. I mean, with his picks, he did have Kyle Busch, but he didn't have to use him because you exclude the sixth guy. Other than that, he got 30 or more points from all his drivers. Bubba Wallace gave him 32. Brad Keselowski gave him 32. Joey Logano, 30. That was his worst pick, but still, 30 points for your fifth place guy. Phenomenal job. Denny Hamlin with 36, and he also picked the winner. We both went with Jimmy Johnson, but he went with William Byron and that got him 44 points so congratulations to Mechanical Manny he gets his fourth win of the year starting to catch up to me and I'm I'm, I'm getting a little nervous here I gotta get my crap together because he could pass me in the total wins <laughs> we can't let that happen especially if he doesn't come on I mean he did beat both of us and I said I would uh, end my podcast if he did beat us do I stay true to my word or uh, do I just move on and act like nothing happened I think we just go on and act like nothing happened. I think that's a good move. But one thing I wanted to share with you guys that was kind of funny, he heard our picks and him and I were almost similar and he said, nah, screw that, man. I'm going to have different picks from you. You have Ricky Stenhouse Jr., screw that. I'm going with Bubba Wallace. You have Jimmy Johnson, I'm going to go with William Byron. You have Chris Buescher, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. He changed everything and he did the right changes. I was like, oh, man. Good job, Mechanical Manny. Maybe you shouldn't listen to us. That's all we learned from this one. But congratulations to him. Let's see how he does at Darlington. And hopefully Crazy Corrado and I can redeem ourselves to get another victory in the first round of the playoffs.
And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode, guys. We are now in the playoffs, and it's going to be absolutely crazy, especially here in this first round. We got some interesting racetracks that we're going to come up to. We're going to Darlington, then Richmond, and then we have Bristol. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I love having these races here in the first round. We don't know who's going to make it in. We don't know who's going to be knocked out. Let's just make sure to tune in and watch those races. Remember, the Darlington race is on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern since it is Labor Day weekend don't miss that race and also make sure to go to a website like jayski.com because they are starting to release some of the throwback paint schemes and some of them have some really really cool paint schemes i really like jimmy johnson's where he pays tribute to people like richard petty and dale Earnhardt since they're all seven-time champions and also quinn hoff released his paint scheme the driver of the number double zero machine that one looks pretty badass so make sure to go over there sometime this week before these races start because my goodness there are some cool paint schemes and also a special thanks to you guys because I just looked at our stats for this podcast we have hit past 750 downloads just a couple weeks ago we had 500 downloads and we've almost went up by 50% we have actually and I just can't thank you guys enough this has been absolutely great it's been a crazy 2020 season and I'm just so thankful that you guys listen every single week Special thanks to you guys. I love you guys. Let's keep this going for more years to come. And also, thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.